We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on the show again tonight. Another exciting interview for all you listeners out there. I have uh, Steve, who runs the Sidelines Western Michigan account. But we've known we've come to know each other through social media for a while now because we are diehard Detroit Lions fans. But uh, Steve, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Bobby. How are you tonight? I'm great. Glad. Uh, always love having new people on the show and just to talk college football. At, 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 I'm a fan of everyone, so I'm I'm just here to spread the spread the word and spread the knowledge of every program if I can. Yes, I, I think that's awesome. I agree completely. Now, I will say sometimes it is hard to be nice to Ohio State with my background, <laughs> but I, I do what I can. <laughs> we'll play nice tonight. How about that? Absolutely. Well, go ahead and uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, my name is Kevin Lawson. I have run the Sidelines Western account for just over a year now. I am a huge fan football fan both college and pro i'm a stadium traveler i've been to all 32 nfl stadiums and now i am working my way through the college stadiums i am at 26 and counting and hoping to check off another 10 to 12 in 2022 so here we go that's awesome as as you know and my listeners know i'm i'm in the infant stage of that but uh, nonetheless, I've I got the four last year and hope to get to many more this year. So uh, it's that's great. It's it's obviously like one of those things that you you tell people that you do this, and I'm sure you get kind of the same responses that I get. They're like, "Wow, that's really cool," and then they look at you like, "How do you do that?" And, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. My my wife gives me that look quite often, yeah. actually. <laughs> I can relate to that as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it, it, once once you begin it, it becomes such a passion. And, uh, you know, just like people like yourself, when you run into someone else that does it, we all have the same look in our eye. We, ha we all have the same passion about doing it. And it's like a fire has been ignited in you. And the more you do it, the more you want to do it. And I absolutely can't get enough. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I... Coming into starting this podcast, I had been to probably 15 to 20 of the stadiums, but I'm like, I'm going to start over for the podcast's sake. Okay. And, and I'm like, <clears throat> and I went to the University of Wisconsin and the University of Iowa last year, both for the first time. And it was, it was one of those experiences because both of them have the traditions like Wisconsin with jump around and Iowa having the wave where it's just like what? iconic and you... It's one of those things where, like you just said, you go into it and you're super pumped, super excited. But then when those things actually happen, you're like, wow, I am a part of this. I'm a part of it. Absolutely. 
Yes. Uh, and the more you do it and then you research other, other stadiums and other schools and other traditions and you realize almost everyone has something. Absolutely. Something that they cling to that's their tradition alone. And by the time you realize what it is and how passionate they are about it, you want to see it, you want to be a part of it, and it just makes the experience that much cooler. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that That's so spot on because you're exactly right. I mean, everybody's got their own thing. And you might not know it going in, but then you witness it and you're a part of it. And it's it's just an amazing thing. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> uh, I, I went to Alabama uh, this past year, um, my first time down that's there. Awesome. <laughs> and, you know, we all know what a powerhouse they are. And, you know, and that's what you're thinking of. But there's so many little traditions that they have that go along with the, you know, with the powerhouse football team that I had no no idea went on inside the stadium and with the fans and the sing-alongs and the chants. And I I absolutely just ate it up. I said, this is really cool. And I had no idea going in that Alabama had all those other things going on besides, like I said, the the mini NFL team that they assemble every year. Right. <laughs> Ain't that the <laughs> truth? <laughs> I side note, I became a big Alabama fan when with when Mark Ingram was there. Mark Ingram uh, Mark Mark's from my hometown in Flint and we we had a lot of connections to a lot of the same connections together through sports. So it fantastic. Was, it, it was just one of those things where I couldn't help but cheer for him because one, he was from the same place I'm from, but at the same time, like I know this guy. <laughs> yes, yes, and he seems to be a good guy as well. So yes. I'm sure that helped as well. Absolutely, it's it's easy to root for those type of people. One hundred percent. But let's let's uh, dive into uh, talking Western Michigan. Uh, I, I, we were talking beforehand, and uh, the the there's a rich history for Western Michigan of producing some super talented wide receivers. Um, yes. And I, I think we can both agree that the Maction offenses have something to do with that. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, these guys are skilled and they're really good football players. So it's not just a system that they're in and they go to the NFL and they produce. So why, why do you think that is? You know, it's an interesting question. Uh, I think that, uh, a legacy has been built now in that room, in the wide receiver room at Western Michigan. And now it gets passed down from one class to another, from star wide receiver to another. And now the next guy wants to be part of that legacy. The next guy doesn't want to let down, you know, the other guys that have come before him, the Corey Davis and the Greg Jennings of the world. Yeah. And then here comes the Dwayne Eskridges and the Sky Moores of the world. And they they don't want to be the one to let that legacy down. They want to make sure I'm either going to hit that level or even reach above it. And now it's become a thing. Now everybody's saying, who's going to be the next one? Who's the next guy that's going to come out of Kalamazoo mm -hmm. and make it to the NFL? And can you imagine a, a, a coach going into a, a young wide receiver's home, a young high school player, to be able to say, look at what we've produced. Come to Western and you can be the next one. What, what a fantastic tool to have when you're, when you're out there recruiting on the road. Absolutely, and, and especially at that level. I mean, just with it not being the Power 5 level, I, I think there's the persona 
from the f- the fans who aren't in deep of, as we are that that at this level the players just can't compete but it's it's very obvious i mean you listed a plethora of guys that have went on to the nfl and had amazing careers right it, it's just and and now you know come 2022 Corey croom should be the next one mm-hmm. um and then uh, they're bringing in a couple of um, a couple of uh, transfers will come in and hopefully follow behind him. So, uh, what a fantastic thing that they have going there! And you know, who'll be who'll be the high school kid that's in the stands or you know on a recruiting trip that's looking and saying, "I'm next. I'm right. coming in after that, and I'm going to be the next one." Just just a great great uh, legacy that's that's going through Kalamazoo right now. 100%. And it's cool to see because uh, I want to say a lot, a lot of those guys are local, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. Which, absolutely. which is something that I love and I know you love being from Michigan as well. Just having having it be homegrown guys that are producing. Absolutely. Love to keep it in the state for sure. Absolutely. And, and I mean, you look at... Sky Moore was that guy this year, and I mean, what a what a season he had, what a career he had. I mean, he's a fantastic football player, and you and I talked a couple months ago about, I mean, this guy should be a first round pick, and people weren't seeing that, and now you're finally starting to see mm-hmm. heading into tomorrow night, like, oh, he could really he could really get drafted. And I think the Kansas City we can talk about this later, but the, I think the Kansas City Chiefs is an absolute perfect situation for him. Yes, we talked about that. I, I that's where my fingers are crossed he goes. Uh what a what a fantastic situation it would be for him. And with them, you know, losing Tyree Kill in the off season and needing, you know, somebody to kind of not he doesn't have to play that exact role, but but with his skill set in that offense, mm-hmm. it seems tailor-made to me. Oh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that, that would be exciting. Agree. Now, you guys obviously had a huge win last year at Pittsburgh. Um, then, for whatever reason, it kind of sputtered in the end. And, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about this between each other, like how talented that, that Western team was last year. And yes. for whatever reason, it just didn't – didn't click at the end of the season. Why do you think that was? You know, there were some unexplained lapses at at different times in different games during the season. Uh, There are a couple of times where, you know, they got punched in the mouth and didn't respond properly. Uh, I think back to the Central Michigan game, the the kick returns, the kick return just before the half with 97 yards. And, the air completely went out of the stadium and the sideline, and they never were able to fully recover from that. Uh, there were a couple turnovers uh, in important games. I believe Ball State, um, towards the end of the half, there was a turnover or two. Didn't respond well to that. So, you know, is that coaching? Is that senior leadership? Um, is that mental toughness? I don't know. But I have noticed... After the bowl game, uh, as they went into spring practices and watching some videos and and watching some uh, different players being interviewed, they they seem to have a different resolve this year that they've committed to not letting those mental lapses happen. I think they recognize 
there were a couple of times where they didn't respond properly to um, adversity. And it seems this year that they've committed to playing all four quarters. And that bowl game uh, could be the springboard to a MAC championship this year. I fully believe that. I agree with you. I mean, the MAC West is is loaded, first of all. <laughs> yes, sir. And, and I mean, the, the SEC West and the MAC West were the only divisions last year that sent all of their teams to bowl games. And, yes, sir. And I think I think a lot of people, and I've talked about that a lot in my podcast about the MAC West and the MAC as a whole need to be respected more. But the West, I mean, every every week, I mean, you guys are playing whether it's Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois, whoever it may be. I mean, you guys, at night in, week to week is is a battle. It's a war. Toledo. I mean, yes. yep. it's a war every week, and, and it's fantastic because, you, you know, you go into it knowing this is a must game. It doesn't matter who's yep. playing who. It's a must game for both sides. And if you you lose a couple in a row, you're, as we found out, that could yep. be it. Yep, you're in trouble. Yep, exactly. Now, heading heading into this year, I mean, there's there's going to be some new faces, especially on the offensive side with Caleb Ellaby gone, Sky Moore gone, some other guys too. Uh, what what do you kind of expect heading into this season? I know you were at the spring game. Yes, so uh, um, a, a statistic a lot of people don't even realize is Western Michigan had the number one defense statistically in the MAC last year. And, really? You know, I, I didn't realize that. Yes, a lot of people don't realize it. And, you know, guys like Zaire Barnes, Corbin Moment, Brandon Fisk, Braden Fisk, excuse me, Delano Ware, they're all coming back again. And then they're getting back from injury. Bryson Garner, Dorian Jackson, Sean Bussell, those guys are coming back. So I think that'll be the backbone of the team. And I think they'll be able to carry the team until the offense finds its footing, you know, breaking in a new quarterback. You know, there's a few different candidates, but coming out of spring practice, you know, uh, Jack Salopek looked like he was going to have the job pretty much locked down. He looked really good in spring, in the spring game. So going into fall camp, I'm sure he'll be the, the leader in the clubhouse. And then you've got, you know, they've got a strong running game to lean on. Sean Tyler, the yeah. MVP of the Quick Lane Bowl, and the Darius Jefferson, both those guys are coming back. So you might see a little ground and pound from them and lean on the defense until the offense gets its footing. Which which is kind of uh, different compared to what most matching would look like. <laughs> yes, but, yes, yes. Uh, but I, I think it – Based on the personnel, that might be the way they have to play until, um, you know, until things get clicking, you know, in the passing game. And they lost three offensive linemen too, so yeah. you know they've they've got some work to do. But that defense should keep them in games until uh, things get settled down. That's good to hear. I mean, I I know they open up the season at Michigan State. What what are the other non conference games? Do you know by hand? Yes, they have to go out to San Jose State. Okay. Uh. Pitt comes to Kalamazoo That's this year. Right. That's right. That'll be exciting. And then uh, New Hampshire comes in okay. uh, on October 1st. So um, uh, it's not an easy slate. You know, no. Pitt coming in, got to go to East Lansing and deal with Mel Tucker and, and that squad. 
and then you got to go out to California, and I, you know San Jose State's going to want a little revenge after Absolutely. the whipping that they took last year uh, in Kalamazoo. So it's a it's a tough slate. Absolutely, but I mean, like like you were saying, if you want to be the champs, you gotta you gotta play, you gotta that's play right. up, and that that's how you do it. I mean, that's, that's a right. that's a good schedule to to see where you're at. I mean, <clears throat> to go to Michigan State and then to have Pittsburgh coming to town is that's fantastic. I mean, that's yeah. that's got to mean so much to all of West, all the Western Michigan fans. Yeah, that'll be exciting to to have Pitt come in, and uh, if I recall correctly, there's a there's a big push to uh, to pack the stadium for the pit game, so hopefully it'll be a sellout and the whole town gets behind it. That'll be exciting. That's awesome. Hope hopefully that happens. That they, they, yeah. they should. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, this is a, this is a little uh, different question here, but with all the expansion going on in college football, um, the MAC was kind of one of the conferences that was. I don't want to say not talking about as much because you did hear some rumblings, especially where I live here in Illinois. Uh, Western Kentucky was mentioned, Middle Tennessee, and I, I even heard I live not very far from Illinois State University, and that was mentioned. Uh, what what are your thoughts, and what do you think uh, might happen? I thought adding Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky would have been really exciting. Uh, I thought, based on the location of both schools, uh, what both schools brought to the table, um, would have really helped expand the conference. And, you know, getting down a little further south, I thought that would have been a good thing. And when it it seemed like it fell apart in the 11th hour, it seemed like right. everybody thought it was going to happen. I agree. And, and then things fell apart at the end. So um, I was excited about it. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing the conference eventually, you know, go to 16 teams. Um, but the, where we stand right now, um, you know, I'm I'm good with it, but I, I would like to see them expand a little bit more. What about you? I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I thought the same thing that Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee were was almost a done deal, I, I, yeah. I felt. And like you said, it just kind of fell apart. And it was just – it was really weird how that whole thing transpired. Uh what one team that I I'm interested to hear your thoughts on? I, I went to Grand Valley State, and I know going from Division Two to the MAC is a huge jump. Um, but but from a proximity perspective to everybody else in the conference, I think it'd be really cool. Wouldn't that be exciting? I agree with you completely, and we haven't even talked about this. I think that would be really cool. I I, I th it's a long shot. I mean, I know that that that's a huge jump and. I think they would need to go. I've I've heard rumblings that they're going to go to the Ohio Valley Conference, and I think that would need to happen first before they go yeah. to the MAC. You're not just going to go Division Two to the MAC, but I mean, Ferris State's another one you could throw in there. I mean, their football program recently has been unbelievable. They were undefeated, and won a national title. So right, they were fourteen to zero last year, yeah. right? Yep, yep. So it's. It's one. It's one of those things where there's two teams kind of right in Western Michigan's backyard, if you want to say, and uh, it's just interesting. Right, and with you know you've got five Ohio teams in the MAC that that would kind of balance some of that out. Right, right. So yeah, I, you know those things are exciting, and you know 
maybe one day we'll get to see that. I think that would be pretty cool. But I absolutely agree with you with the Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky. I think it'd be, I think it would have been great to move south just for so many reasons: recruiting, uh, yes. traveling for fans. I mean, who doesn't want to go south when it's cold in the Midwest? Right, right. So. And the, the the size of the schools and the the level of competition they provide, absolutely. I thought fit in perfectly with the map. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely agree with you. Disappointing uh, that it didn't work out. Right, yeah. It, it's just really weird. Like you said, it just fell apart, and it was weird. But let's uh, let's kind of talk about the the handful of Western Michigan players who are going to hear their names called this week. Um, obviously, Sky Moore is one we've discussed already, but let's let's kind of maybe go a little more in depth there. I mean, I know that you, you and I, we like, like we said a little bit earlier in the show have talked about him being a perfect fit on the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, I, I know we would both love to see him in Honolulu blue, uh, yes. but, but obviously our lions have a lot of needs. So <laughs> yes. I, I trust Brad Holmes in whatever decision he makes. That's, and I've never, I've never felt that way about the lions, but I actually finally feel like, okay, we have somebody that I trust, but uh, yeah, he seems to have a grip on this thing, and uh, things seem to be breaking our way for a change a little bit. So I, I feel pretty confident as well where the lines are headed. Absolutely, but <clears throat> what 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 are your thoughts on Sky Moore heading into the draft? So uh, first of all, I didn't think initially. I didn't think he was coming out. I thought he was going to come back for another year. But then when I kind of lined up everything, uh, it makes perfect sense. I mean, 5'10", 195, you know, 4'4 speed, huge hands, um, great ball skills. Um, you watch him in and out of breaks on, on those those slant cuts on that oh, RPO. Just, <laughs> he's almost unstoppable. Yes. Uh, he can play inside or outside. He can play in the slot, but if you need him to play outside – you know, it's not, it's not going to be a detriment to the operation. He's uh, he's special. And yep. he, like you said, uh, if things break right, he could see himself. He could end up being the first-round pick by this time tomorrow night, which is just what a phenomenal story that that'll turn out to be. Absolutely. I mean, it would be, it'd be amazing. I mean, just because, I mean, you and I both agree that he's deserving of it. But like you said, when he comes out of that slant – on the RPO, I mean, it 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 might be unstoppable. I mean, it is. He, I if, mean, he explodes out of that cut, and I've seen very few corners be able to do anything with him. You know, in, in that, and then and then if you creep up too fast, you know he's going to go he's right gone. by you. He's gone. Yep. He's gone. Yeah, that's why. Like, I I just keep thinking like if Patrick Mahomes has him, uh oh. <laughs> right. Can you imagine the things that, that could happen in that offense? Man, wow. It's like Tyreek Hill all over again. Yes, yes. He's he's special. Um, he absolutely no, is. Two-time All-Max selection. I mean, he's he's really, really something. And he had almost 100 catches last year, you know. Which in college football is difficult to do. Absolutely. I mean, it's difficult to do in the NFL as well. I'm not <laughs> – but – but especially at the college level, it's extremely difficult. Yes, it really says something. And it's not like he was a one-man show at Western. Western right. has had t- 
tons of weapons on offense, and he still managed to almost catch 100 passes. Right. Exactly. That that was the other thing I was just about to bring up too. Is like there were other guys. It wasn't like it was just him. <laughs> right. But he still managed to uh to really really make his mark. So he's pretty impressive, and it'll be interesting to see where he ultimately ends up uh, this weekend. I agree with you. I'm looking forward to that. Another guy I'm looking forward to see come off the board. Somebody that maybe the average fan hasn't paid too much attention to, but it's quarterback Caleb Elby. And I, I'm really impressed by him. I, I went to the Eastern Michigan game last year um, and freezing, by the way. I, I think, I think <laughs> yeah, you were there as well, and we tried to link up, but we, it just didn't work out. And it was – I was really impressed by him and just the zip he has on the ball. Yeah, he's he's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, almost a sixty four percent career passer. You know, he was at Western for you know for three years. He threw eleven interceptions in three years. Oh my goodness! So taking care of the football. Oh my, that's impressive. Right, right. You know, forty three touchdowns, eleven picks for a career is really, really yes. something to be able to hang your hat on. Um, so when you look at him going into the NFL, you know, what do you think he can be? Is he is his career uh what if his career ends up similar to like a drew stanton where he he's he's there for 12 13 14 years he's a backup spot starter can bail you out if the starter gets injured if, if that if he ends up having a career like that that's a huge success absolutely you know um he'll be the you know he'll be the first western quarterback to ever be drafted and if he if he can turn out to be something similar to that, I, I think it's fantastic. I agree. I mean, that, that, first off, only eleven interceptions in a three year career in in any conference, but let alone the MAC with the offensive production that is put out <laughs> yeah. in that league. You're is, throwing it on a regular basis. I mean, that is incredible. But I think the Drew Stanton comparison is very spot on. I mean, if he, if he can have that, I'll go back to my my time in the basketball world. The, when, when you work with high-level basketball players, you, the, the goal is always to get to the second contract because that's when you're going to really get paid. So yes. I mean, anytime that you can get a second, third, fourth contract, I mean, that's when you're really, you've really done something. Agree, yes. So I, I, for him, I mean, if, if you can play in the NFL for an extended period of time, I don't care what role you have. That, that is... You've had a fantastic career. It's a major accomplishment. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And uh, there's a couple other guys, obviously, that are on the fringe to get drafted. I mean, I know there's three offensive linemen that are gone. They they might not hear their names called, but they'll be they'll get training camp invites, I would imagine. Yes. And then the 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 other guy is uh defense the defensive end Fayad. I, I I would like I'd like to hear your thoughts on him. Yeah, Ali was the MAC Defensive Player of the Year, which a lot of people don't realize, you know, because, right. you know, Western finished the way they finished as far as the team goals go. But he was the MAC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he can rush the passer from, um, he's got a variety of different moves. Uh, he went to uh, the East West game, All Star game for, for college players. And really showed out in that game. He got he had a lot of positive reviews coming out of that. I think he could hear his name in the sixth or seventh round, 
And in a passing league like the NFL, if if he can rush the passer, he's got a chance to stick. Absolutely. He's got a chance to stick. You know, you've got to play some special teams and and you know it's it's a grind, but I, I believe he can make a roster and stick, you know, be a pass rush specialist, um, core special teams guy. He can he can make a roster, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you and I both know a team that could use someone like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Everybody needs a flamethrower off the edge. Absolutely. And that's a great segue into the next topic I really want to cover. Obviously, this is a college football show, but I mean, you and I are so passionate about the Detroit Lions and, uh, it's it's a curse, obviously, but yes, sir. But (laughs) we wouldn't have it any other way though. Absolutely. I mean, the one, the day that they actually win something important will be one of the best days of my life. <laughs> Better believe it. But <laughs> anything important, we'll right, take it. Anything, anything at this point. Just, I'm not asking. I'm not asking much. Just go to the playoffs or something. That's right. That, that's where <laughs> we are now. Just, just win something. Just make it, please. <laughs> but who would you? Who would you like to see the Lions possibly draft? And then who do you think they will draft? Oh, phenomenal questions. So, uh, and pick number two, I boy, think number I, two. I probably changed my mind by the hour. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, I went, I, I'll, full disclosure, I was the original driver of the Trayvon Walker hype train. Okay. Towards the end of the season, he caught my eye and I said, that guy's special. Nobody ever talks about him, but just watch his movement. You could see he was different. Yes, I you know, agree. You, you, you watch him on the field and he, he does things that normal people that size can't do. And I, I remember speaking to multiple people and saying, I think he's my favorite player in the draft. And people would say, who? And then when he started his rise and he showed out at the combine, you know, I kind of stuck my chest out. Right. And I said, see, I told you guys that guy was special. <laughs> um, so he, I was, I was on his, he was on my list for a long, long time before we even got to this point in the draft. Now it sounds like he's going number one overall. Right. Right. So, um, that obviously drops Aiden Hutchinson right into the lion's lap. Um, but I find myself wondering if that's the best course of action for the Lions. I find myself thinking, and I don't want to put the low ceiling label on him like a lot of people do, but I find right. myself wondering if Thibodeau is not the best solution ultimately for what the Lions need. I, and like I, I think I changed my mind about once an hour, and I go back and forth between those two guys. And right now, I'm leaning Thibodeau slightly. I, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I go okay. back and forth on it. I mean, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson, he's a local guy. But at the same time, it's like, how much better is he going to get? And, and, yeah. and like you said, I don't want to put that on him. But Right, because in a way, it's not fair to, to say – He's as good as he's ever going to get. We, we, you really can't say that, but we all feel it for some reason. Right, right, exactly. It's just, it's just a feeling that I have that I just don't know if he's going to be any more than what he is now. Right. Whereas if you look at Kayvon Thibodeau, and I mean, there's obviously some questions 
that pe- that yes. people raise. They're legitimate questions. But they are legit, absolutely. You you listen to him talk for five minutes, and you know that those questions did not. They aren't media driven. Yes. they're legit. Yes, absolutely. He's a different guy. He he is. He is. But you go back to that ceiling, and it's like this. This guy could be special. I agree. And <clears throat> but he also could be a bust. Yes, because, yes, he because, could be a head case and a bust. Yep, and he could end up easily alienating himself in the locker room if he comes across the wrong way. Yep, but if you hit it right, man, if you hit you it right, really have something. You could have an all-time great potentially. Yes, sir. I mean, he his tools. I remember he was out those first maybe four weeks or whatever it was this year, and he came back in in the Cal game on a Friday night, and I remember watching this game on TV. And he had like, now don't quote me on the num- on the number, but it was in the teens. I want to say it was like 17 quarterback pressures. It was something ridiculous. It, yes, it was, he can be unbelievable at times. I was at the UCLA game. Okay. That, that was the day before the Lions played the Rams, so I was out in California That's his, for that. That was his homecoming. <laughs> and, I mean, I've got no rooting interest. It's, it's Oregon versus UCLA. So I just sat in the stands and watched him. My mouth was was agape. I couldn't believe it. He's just every play, he was a half step from killing the quarterback. Yes, <laughs> he, he when when he, when he turns it on, there he's got that Jadavion Clowney when he's at South Carolina look. Yes, I mean it's just like your jaw you just drops. You're just like you feel like you're watching like a. It, it, there's no other way to put it but special. I mean, it's just like. You're just like, wow. Yes, I agree. And so I, to answer your original question, I'm probably 51% Kayvon as we sit here right now the night before the draft. I agree with you. I would be in the exact same boat. <laughs> but it'll change tomorrow, I'm sure. Right, exactly. I'll wake up on the other side. <laughs> right, exactly. right. Now, obviously, we, we have a ton of other holes. I mean, but uh, what are your thoughts at 32 and 34? Uh, I think I would like to see them get a safety. Yes. And I, and I vacillate back and forth between a linebacker or most people think wide receiver there, but I think another defensive tackle yes. to put in the rotation yes. with a Lee McNeil and Levi. Absolutely. And turn that defensive line into the nastiest bunch of guys you can get together. Absolutely. And let me, I'm just going to do a selfish plug here. I, I, I have a partnership with, with the sidelines, UConn account. And I do a lot, okay. of, I do a lot of stuff with those, with them. And I, wa- I watched every single UConn game this year, every single minute. And it was it, full disclosure. It was hard to watch at times, <laughs> Yes, but Travis Jones, a defensive tackle, is a potential star. He's a beast. And if he was at Alabama or Clemson, I fully believe he would be a top 10 pick in the draft. I agree completely. If if he's there at 32 or 34, which he probably will be, I would be so thrilled if we took him. I know who he is. I love him, and I completely agree with you. 
So when you said defensive tackle, that got me excited because that's that's what I've been thinking too. <laughs> and that wasn't wasn't he on the Lions roster in, at the Senior Bowl? Yes, yes. That's what I thought. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of lines up, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, I would be, and, and I I totally agree with you. Get that defensive line to just be just a feisty group that nobody wants to play against. And that's kind of what our offensive line has turned into a little bit yes. too. Now now you do the same thing with the defensive line, and now we're really now, getting somewhere. Now you got something going. And I agree with you completely with the safety. I, I absolutely agree with that. We obviously have a hole there. Yes. Um, Who's your favorite? Uh, I uh, the, the kid from Baylor, uh, Petrie. Petrie, or, yes. yes. I love his coverage skills. I know Lewis seen from Georgia is more of like a run stopper. Mm-hmm. And and I think in today's NFL, you need the pass coverage guy more so than the run stopping guy. Yeah. You watch Petrie. He looks, he looks like a nickel corner almost. He does. Absolutely. In coverage. I absolutely agree with that. So, I mean, if those were the three, whoever we get a defensive end, I trust Brad Holmes, whichever one he decides I'm cool with. And I think we're going to be just fine. But with these last, with these other two picks that we're discussing here, I mean, if we're able to get Jones at defensive tackle and then either of the safeties, I mean, I think we'll be in good shape either way. But I, I, I wish, and I know there's some concerns with Devin Lloyd and his, and his health. I've, I've, I've heard some things, but I would love if he somehow fell to us because I think he's. He's so good. Yes, yes, prototypical size. Yes, but I know those concerns. People worry about that, and for good reason. I mean, there's a lot of money being thrown around. Right, but, right. Uh, that's a major investments you're making, so you've got to uh, vet everything out. That's for sure. Absolutely, and that's why I'm glad that we finally have somebody in charge who we can trust. Yes, they are very thorough, and. Um, he's almost got a. It's almost a super team as far as the front office and yes. coaching staff goes. Yes. Um, he, they've got every base covered. Agree, and and we've been around it for long enough to know that that has not been the case. <laughs> no, it hasn't. So it's it's really wonderful to be able to relax and say they've got this under control. Absolutely. Now let's uh let's end the show. Uh, talking about your travels, um, yes, through through to many different venues. I mean, first off, to go to every NFL venue, that's that's amazing. That's really cool. I've I've only been to, I've obviously been to the Silverdome and Ford Field many times, but okay. uh, I've been to Soldier Field for Bears games because my wife, unfortunately, is a Bears fan. Oh, um, but we live in Illinois, so that's that's the case. Um, then I've went to the Rams second to last home game against uh, the lions. And I, and I actually went, when we went to the bears lions game last, it was Calvin Johnson's last game. Obviously we didn't know that at the time, but (laughs) and it's so funny. You know, I was going to that game and I woke up that morning and changed my mind just before getting in the and starting out towards Illinois. It was cold that day. It was cold, and I, I just decided, you know, the game really didn't mean anything, yeah. and I decided not to go, but that's funny that uh, that you were there. 
It was it was the battle for third and fourth place. <laughs> <laughs> typical Lions Bears typical, game. Typical, yes, very typical. <laughs> <laughs> but what what are some of the going back to the college side? What are some of your the favorite venues that you've been to? Oh, let's see. I mean, uh, where where do you so start? We won't count <laughs> Michigan Stadium because that's that's just home. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah. I started going to games there when I was 13 and literally feel like I grew up inside the stadium. Uh, knew many, many players, hung out with them. I was kind of adopted as as the little brother of some of those teams in the early 80s. That's awesome. Uh, those guys took care of me. It was just a fantastic experience. It took me to a few places they shouldn't have taken me to and... <laughs> <laughs> I've got some stories. <laughs> uh, but as far as stadiums go, um, you know, Notre Dame is special, obviously. Right. Um, I went there. Um, I went to Clemson during during COVID. Um, that, was, that was an experience. It was a little different than I thought it would be. Um, but it was still, you know, it's Clemson. So that was pretty right. special. I went to Alabama last year. Uh, always wanted to go there, so that was that was incredible. Um, Tennessee was a, a, I really enjoyed Tennessee. Um, I saw Oregon there, as a matter of fact, back in oh, that's a good one. Twenty ten, I think it was. Um, but yeah, that was that was really cool to see where it sits on the river. My dog is on my lap, by the way. No. So if you hear panting, I'm not. Uh, there's nothing crazy going on over here. <laughs> 100 pound German Shepherd just climbed on my lap. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Tennessee was really cool. Um, you know, nothing, no atmosphere I've ever seen beats Michigan, Ohio State at the horseshoe. It's just, it's the, it's the best ever. Uh, the pure hatred, you know, the rivalry, yes. the, you know, the level of both teams most years. Um, I've been there six times, and nothing beats nothing beats the horseshoe when Michigan when Michigan comes to town. It's just the best. I can't wait to experience that. I've I've not experienced Michigan Ohio State. I've I've experienced Michigan Michigan State. I've I've been to like you. I've been to many Michigan games, and I'm going to the UConn Michigan game this year. For, okay for. Uh, for working with UConn and everything, but that game is going to be very difficult for me too, because I grew up a diehard Michigan fan and now I have to be impartial. So it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> but. See, that was me last year. I, my first game of the year was Michigan versus Western Michigan. Yes. And I sat on the 50 yard line. And for the first time in my life, I did not have on Michigan gear. I wore Western gear head to toe. And there was one of the, strangest experiences I've ever had at a sporting event. I'm sure. And that, that will, that will be me next year. So yeah, it's, it's different. It's really different. And, and I think it's really cool for you to say Tennessee, because I, I've, I've been outside Neyland stadium. I've never been to a game there, but I've, I've seen it in person and the way it sits on the river there, it's just amazing. I, I cannot yeah. wait to experience that. It is. It's fantastic. I'll tell you another good one I went to that as I started to go to Mac games and go to smaller venues, I went to Marshall. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, man. 
that was fantastic. I've heard some uh, really good things about there too. Yes, yes, I highly recommend it. As a matter of fact, when you decide to go, let me know, and I'll see if I can arrange my schedule to go with you. I'd love to go back again. I loved Marshall. That's cool to hear because that uh, that like I said, that's one I've heard a lot of really good things about. So that that's that's awesome. Well, that was that's a good time. Awesome. Well, uh, I think we've come to the end of it. And uh, again, thank you so much for jumping on tonight. Yeah, absolutely, man. You call me anytime I'm there. And uh, I'd love to do this. And you, know, you and I always have a good time talking ball. So anytime you want to talk, you give me a call. And I will be happy to come on and, and join you. Absolutely. Well, to my listeners, thank you guys so much for always listening uh, to the show. And you can follow me personally at, at Coach underscore be will and also please 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 follow the podcast twitter account at tnt college foot one everybody have a good night god bless thanks